0: right okay this is like an old-fashioned tape recorder all right ladies and gentlemen of the History Voyager audience I'm here with an anonymous teacher so one of the reasons I wanted to do that, actually the main reason was I, I talked to a lot of um, I talked to an awful lot of Teachers who are podcasters. And I have a lot of conversations off the air about what teaching is really like these days with all the, uh, you know, you've got uh, hybrid schooling, I think they call it. And you've got teachers that, or you've got parents that have various opinions about various viruses that might or might not be existing, depending on who you talk to. So, yeah, but I'd get teachers' takes on what's going on in the world.
1: Well, I appreciate you for having me. Mhm.
0: Mhm. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, without saying where you're from in the world, um, a little bit about what's uh, going on where you are.
1: Okay, perfect. I currently am a fourth grade teacher. And this year is the hardest year I've ever had with teaching. It's harder than when COVID first came about. And we honestly never thought it would get harder than that. Um, I will say the one thing that's really different with this generation of kids coming up is that their parents are worse than they are. With the okay. idea that they expect so much of us outside of our hours and holding their child accountable is something that they don't do or don't appreciate. We also see that a lot with admin in school. They pass every single kid failing or not failing. Um, I had a child with a 13. Grade average because he just chose not to do any work and there was nothing done about it and he went on to the next grade. Um,
0: Wait, wait. And I know what that means. That's insane. Okay. I have listeners in other countries that might not be aware of. So, American grading, first of all, you're an American. I think we can say that. Yeah. American grading goes from 100 down to zero. Yes. So, okay, 13 F you can have.
1: Oh, 100%. And most of them is he's in class. He's present. But he wanted to argue with me on doing his work, and he never did it. Um, I would send it home with him, update his mom, dad, like, hey, please look for this when your child gets home. He's this great. These are missing. Report cards are coming up. He's not doing it. And his mom told me word for word, well, why can't you just work with him one-on-one to make him do it? I have 28 kids in my class. I also have the inclusion class. So I have 12 SPED students as well. There's no such thing as one-to-one.
0: Inclusion is special ed, right?
1: Yes. And we have 12 currently in the classroom. And that's also another issue across the board. I mean, these students, I'm in a fourth-grade classroom. I have kids from the kindergarten level that don't even know the letters in their name all the way up to a fifth-grade level in my room, and they don't provide us resource. So those kids, usually in some schools, what they'll do with resource is those kids that are so low, there's why are they in a gen ed class to begin with if they don't even know the letters in their own name? Um, and they'll pull them and work on those specific skills to meet their IEP, which is an individual education plan. Um, it kind of just protects them with the state of their SPED accommodations and how, what they get from the state and what parents should expect and their rights. That's kind of what an IEP is. Um, but we don't have that at our school. So my days.
0: I have, I, wait, back up. You don't have IEPs at your school?
1: We don't have resource for those IEP students.
0: Okay. Okay. That's odd.
1: It's so odd. It's also extremely stressful for the child as well.
0: Do you, okay. Do you teach in a public school or a private school?
1: I teach in a Title I public school.
0: And you don't have, oh, wow. Yes. Jesus.
1: And you would think, because Title I gets all this extra funding because we're teaching to really low-income families, but where is all the money going? We have to buy our own materials, our own supplies. Um, I had to get – I needed a class to have composition notebooks, and the school told me no, that either I can purchase them or the parents can. Well, these parents don't even answer phone calls regarding their students, let alone bringing a composition notebook. I couldn't tell you how many times this year I bought backpacks, jackets, shoes, all of these stuff. Yet mm-hmm. we're supposed to get all this funding, and that's not happening, I guess, or they're using it or spending it in other ways. but um yeah, yeah, ha- yeah, it's crazy.
0: And because you're a Title I school with a low income parents, I guess the PTA really can't help out.
1: That's to say, we even have a PTA. Oh, okay. It's the yeah. teachers are part of the PTA because, and I'm a member of the PTA as well, but we have no family engagement. And that's because of COVID. COVID has really hindered our family engagement. Yeah.
0: Because yeah.
1: parents aren't allowed in the building. So, it's it's really caused a big line between families and teachers and students yeah which is so unfortunate in my opinion
0: can i ask ai i'm going to ask a question that i i did before and i should have um maybe because that teacher was so young um as a general rule, how old do you think the parents are of your students?
1: Well, like, I'm a really uh, young teacher.
0: In their in their 30s. How how old do you think the the parents are?
1: In their twenties. And I actually have a parent who is only twenty six and she has eight kids.
0: Okay. Here was one I was asking her. I've noticed it just in life okay Mm -hmm. for some reason people I want to say like the younger adults they might not know like spelling doesn't seem like it was as like when I was in school I was when I took spelling classes in elementary school yes we did not have spell check on computers it didn't exist like computers existed but spell check on the computer didn't exist so i've noticed that people a lot of folks younger than me have problems spelling you know what i'm saying so maybe the 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 kids not knowing the letters in their own name i'm just that's sad though to be that old not know the letters in your own
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I I agree. I think a lot of it though. I I will say I am only twenty two. Um and this is my first true year teaching. But where mm-hmm. I went to college and how we did it, I don't because in America, universities do it differently, but I have been in schools each semester of college for the two years I was in my program. So I student taught for two full years prior to this. So um, I'm thankful for that because I had that experience going into my first year. I don't feel like I'm drowning like a lot of other people I know. But um, I think that that's where I struggle with understanding why, because I'm only 22. When I went through school, I had all these things. I was very knowledgeable leaving elementary school, going to middle, high school, etc. cetera. But I had a parent who's only 24 complain to me that she couldn't help her child with her homework or his homework because she didn't know what a herbivore or carnivore or an omnivore was, yet she has an iPhone and she has access to the Google. Um, And I have a hard time, like, understanding, you know, education has changed drastically, yes. however. I don't think that it's to the point where these young parents don't recall or don't remember like how it was when they were in school. Cause I always say, heck, when I was in fourth grade, I was terrified to act up. I was terrified to um, not do my work. I was very responsible, very on top of it, but I also had like discipline at home. And maybe also with that, I will say these kids have like the first, the last year, these kids were truly in school without any COVID with second grade. So you have to think about that social emotional disconnect there too. They're so immature for their age.
0: And a lot of that, a lot of those kids, like a lot of that, a lot of those uh, lower income kids might, they probably need uh, the, the schooling to have socialization
1: Uh exactly
0: Um, like i get it um and also like that's so i'm a i'm a content creator and i have google ad campaign so i see like this idea that people that we have in our society that google is actually not a university like google is not a university it's just not it's an it disseminates ads. So I mean I don't know. I'm just saying. Like but that's so sad that the parents don't even know what a herbivore or a a carnivore or like an omnivore. It's sad. I mean so are these like first graders or second graders? Your students are they first graders? Oh, they're fourth graders. graders. Oh, yeah, jeez. Wow. Um, yes. The teachers that teach grades above you, did you talk to them much or not?
1: I do, and they experience the same social-emotional disconnect as well as the behaviors. Um, for example, yesterday we had a student decide she wanted to burn down the school and was going to go. She had a match, and she was burning the toilet paper in the bathroom. But nothing was done. We had a whole lockdown. We had to search backpacks, pat the kids down, all of the things, fourth grade and fifth grade is on the same wing. So they had a lock down our wing. Once they found the culprit, nothing was done about it. Why not? Exactly our question. I had um, my switch class because we're divided. So I I only teach um, reading and social studies. Mm. And then I have a homeroom class. that they'll go to my partner teacher and she teaches them math and science. Well, she's out with COVID right now, but yesterday the SPED teacher was in the room who has been in there since August and the sub was in the room and these kids were watching inappropriate videos on their Chromebooks. One, why are there no locks or flags up on these Chromebooks and Why did it allow them to go to those websites? But two, nothing was done about it at all. Nothing. He was at school today. He didn't get a phone call home from admin. Nothing was done about it. So I think a lot of it stems from admin wanting to parent, please, because how these parents are now raising their kids, I get it, you know generational trauma. I think we see it everywhere, especially on TikTok, like wanting to change it. But we're also not holding these kids accountable either.
0: All right. Let's talk about the generational trauma because you brought it up. So you, you feel like the parents are like they're traumatized. And so they're sort of passing that onto the kids.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. I want to, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on. And the cool thing about, like, this format here is, like, we're not looking at each other. So it's totally, I don't even know your name. So I feel like you can be honest, and I hope you feel like that, too.
1: Yes, I do. It feels good, like, to kind of get it known. Because I think a lot of people don't realize, like, how hard... The job is, because I will say this year, I feel like I never get to actually teach. I'm parenting. I'm constantly, like, teaching them and explaining why we don't put our hands on others or why we don't yell at someone, shut up, why we don't do these things. But then when I, like, talk to the parents and they say, oh, yeah, so-and-so does that at home, but we just think he's going through something. It's like, okay, well, that's now escalating in the classroom. And it's caused, like, I feel like I've had to parent so much this year that that's what teaching has evolved to, into. Because I've talked to kindergarten teachers in this school first grade, second grade, third grade, all of them. And they all have said the same thing. It's like, we feel like we're parenting more than teaching. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah.
0: That, that is sad. I mean, you know, I mean, hmm. I wonder, like, when you say parenting more than teaching, can you can you be specific some of, the, some of the things you've had to do?
1: Yes. Okay, so Pokemon cards are still really big. I don't know how, but people still, it's just a really big thing still with students. Um, there was a physical altercation that involved several boys and they were in what? PE I believe okay.
0: All right, PE. Okay. I'll start there. Yeah. So they yeah. were in PE. Okay, they were in PE.
1: Yes. Okay. And there was a Pokémon meltdown. Someone did not trade the Pokémon cards how they agreed to. So this yeah. student pushed this other student into the wall and we have brick walls in our building. Um, or cement walls in the building. And had a fight over these Pokemon cards. Yeah. So of course I confiscated them all and took them, how to explain to them why we do not put our hands on others and they will not into this day. Listen to that. Cause they think that's how you handle situations. It's constant. We had another fight today. I mean, every single day there's a fight. And I'm constantly having to remind them and teach them why we don't put our hands on others. You don't, I say, like, you don't see me putting my hands on the people I work with when I get frustrated. We can't do that. Um, Another one is I'll ask a student to do something or get his work done or her work done. And that student will try to argue and be combative. And, well, why do I have to do that? well, why? I don't want to do that. I don't have to do that. I'm going to go to fifth grade anyways. I don't have to do that.
0: So they know they're they're going to fifth grade. Like, they know I'm just going to fifth grade.
1: Yes, because they got away with it last year with COVID, just passing kids on.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. One of the reasons, like, I wanted to have this series of conversations was one of the podcasters uh, that I talked to um, off air told me a story about he he was a high school teacher. Told me a story about, like, his kids literally um, would sleep in class.
1: Yes, I and have a I, lot of that.
0: They would literally sleep in class, and because they just thought the education is just sort of, you know, just sort of pointless. <laughs> and hearing you, because you're at the other end of the scale, like age-wise, you're at the other end of the, the scale. It's like if you're expecting to go to fifth grade, it's like this constant idea of, oh, they're just gonna pass me through.
1: Exactly. And I think with that, too, another thing is there's never any repercussions with admin and at home. That's why the kids continue to fight like the student that decided to light up the bathroom and kind of burn the bathroom. She stayed at school and was here today. The boy that watched an video stayed at school today. And these kids are seeing that. They're sponges. They're not dumb. They know what's going on. They know how to play the game. And they know, oh, well, nothing's going to happen to me. They'll go to the office. They'll be told they're being sent home. Two two hours later, they're back in our classrooms.
0: Yeah. and I mean, I can already kind of see it. Like, by the time they're older, it's like, then society just sort of expects you to start I guess, behaving, or I don't even know what you want to call it.
1: I'm actually scared for this generation to grow up because of how they are. Right. And the constant demand, like, I want it right now, right here, give it to me. They are still so selfish-minded, which at this age... They should not still be thinking only about me, 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 that kind of, they grow out of that by second grade, the latest, if that, but they're still in this, it's all about me. I'm very needy. I need all the attention in the world. When I get frustrated, I'm going to put my hands on you because they act like they're still toddlers almost, but in a fourth grade body, they don't know how to handle their emotions. So according to science they're not aligned with how they should be emotionally and socially right now.
0: Right, according to like I get it. Like I I get it. I totally get it. It's
1: crazy. Like,
0: no it is and it's uh, and one of the things I wanted to do with all this is these are some of the stories that I hear across the country off air and I'm thinking I can't have the podcasters back. I can't have, uh, you know, I can't do this to these people. Like, I can't bring somebody back who just told me his name or blah, blah, blah. Right. And then have them be anonymous. Yeah. That's not right. Right. I mean, and what's weird is it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. And, I feel like one of the underreported or under talked about things is okay, I don't want people dying of COVID either. Right? Right. But these kids have to be socialized somehow.
1: Take the mask off. I'm I'm sorry. But yeah. that is also another struggle in teaching that no one wants to talk about. It is a hassle and a battle every single day. Trying to force these kids to wear a mask that I personally do not wear outside of that building. Heck, I don't even wear it in my classroom when there's kids in my room. And I'm going to be honest, I stopped saying, put your mask up. Because I kept saying it so much, I went hoarse by Friday.
0: Well, you've (laughs) got to pick your battles. I mean, I get it.
1: You have to, to survive, honestly.
0: I get it. I I did and
1: I get the COVID thing. I really do. And I my heart goes out to all those that have suffered with COVID and all of this. But we've had the mask thing for two years now. It's obviously not working. Let's try figuring out something new to do. And especially in this school, these kids are so young. Why are we not working to get their immune systems used to it?
0: Well, see, my thing is, like, so my system, my idea is this. Like you can for those of us like adults and those of us who have the maturity to like go around without a mask, right? I right. mean with a mask, right? You can go out and buy like N ninety fives or AN ninety fives or whatever. And but some of these kids just aren't gonna wear a mask. I mean, they're just not gonna wear a mask. They're not. You know, and
1: until you have tried teaching in a mask all day. I was so sick in the fall because I really was, I was really trying, but it actually worsened my immune system because I could not breathe. And that constant, like, spitting into my mask as I was talking, of course, and taking it off to eat, but putting it back on, taking it off at recess. You know, as an adult, even, I struggled with the proper mask, I guess, protocol and health and imagine yeah. these kids like these fourth grade boys go I mean yeah fourth grade boys going to the restroom with their mask after using the restroom and then you telling them to put their mask back up and then touching their mask after I mean it's just not sanitary
0: no it's really not I mean I don't know it's just all oh, um it's just the math
1: It's a mess, 100%. I wish we would try some new things out to see where it would take us a little bit in the schools.
0: Well, to me, like, when I, so I I started my podcast and, like, I was researching COVID. I think everybody kind of thought that COVID would eventually burn itself out. Right. Um, At least initially. Everybody sort of thought, well, COVID's going to go away. And I don't know, it still might, I don't know. But I feel like two years, if you're, what, when you're fourth grade, you're, what, 10, 8? Yes. And, I mean, two years for a 10-year-old is a long day. That's a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Long,
0: long time. Um,
1: eight hours for them day-to-day is so long for them with the whole yeah. COVID mess. I mean, these kids are really s- struggling and suffering by the mask and i'm not an anti-mask or anything like that but i see it all day and i battle it all day to know that it's like we should try something new or give them the option like i work where we have it's mandated like you cannot enter the building without a mask but i think we should give them also that freedom because we are in america and we have our rights and our freedoms like why are we also not teaching them hey if you choose to wear a mask cool if you don't cool that's your that's your right as an American that's you have that freedom but I struggle with that a little bit with school because I'm over here teaching about the constitution and the amendments and everything that makes America so great but then my kid asks me well why can't I take my mask off then well what do you say
0: I mean, I think what you what so I read something today. Uh, uh, somebody I had on my podcast I haven't released yet. I read something that he sent me that said, uh, "So if you have COVID, if you get COVID, you have like a seventy nine percent chance, a seventy nine elevated, okay, elevated seventy nine percent chance of getting a heart attack or of having." coronary situation um i mean i know a fourth grader isn't gonna handle that but you know i'm just saying oh you know? i will
1: say also of course when you have the whole summer off and you come back to school everyone kind of gets that back to school germs head cold whatever that's normal mm. that's a that's a normal thing teachers stock up on vitamin c for a reason because I mean, honestly, in education, it's more stressful to stay home when you're sick versus coming into school when you're sick because of all the protocols and the sub plans and the stress of my students being well-behaved and not having any subs. I mean, we do come to school when we're feeling ill because it's less stressful. But I have noticed, though, since the mask mandates have been in place, the students stay sick they are not their immune are not being they're not being trained with these like, common head colds or it, yeah. it, that's one big thing too i would
0: never thought about that because like what i've noticed for me is like so especially like 2020 whenever i would go anywhere i was wearing a mask like so what I've noticed for me is like I didn't have a cold. Like 2020 was the year I didn't have a cold. But then again, I have a health, I have a healthy immune system. So mm-hmm. I have an adult immune system. So.
1: And look okay. how many years you went without a mask to build that immune system.
0: I, you know, I I guess I mean maybe I mean I don't know, but um. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell fourth graders who aren't even normal fourth graders, like I get
1: exactly. it. Exactly.
0: Get it. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything like um Is there anything like you want to talk about about like um as far as um other discipline issues or have you had any problems with the parents around that or whatever?
1: Um, I think it's just more of the luckily for me, I will say I'm very blessed my my homeroom kids, parents, one hundred percent back me up. Um, they're so supportive, you know, but I've taken that time to really establish those relationships with them because now I can call a parent and kind of let them know how their kid was, or, hey, I need you to talk to your kid because it's either your kid or me at this point. like, And they'll say, oh, oh, baby girl, why are you calling me like that's your baby eight hours a day like you whatever you see fit you do. And so I will say like, that is good. But my switch class of the other kiddos I teach, it's not like that at all. Um, Some of them are pretty, you know, awesome. But I will say, I think maybe because that's the inclusion class, the parents are really difficult and expect and demand a ton from me. I had one parent who requests her kid works one-to-one with me, and he is a special ed student. Um, Granted, he is not profoundly sped. He is one grade level below. So according to data, he's on a third grade level. That is so normal this year. So he's not, he doesn't require one-to-one regardless, but, um, she asked me if I could stay after three times a week until seven o'clock to tutor him and to do his work with him. And when I told her, you know, maybe one day a week until five 15, maybe, but I'm not able to do that. And the wrath I got back from this parent was beyond me because Parents think that because you're a teacher, you eat, sleep, breathe their kid, and that that is your only student is their kid. So the parents uh-huh. are just as bad as the kids, honestly.
0: Uh-huh. And it's yeah. not
1: all parents, I will say, it's not all parents, but um, I've been requested to. I had one parent ask me to text them every single morning to remind them that their kid had PE or that their kid what the lunch was, even though it's totally I send it out once a month on our newsletter. The parents already know in advance. Um they still like want me to take that extra step and like text them so they could decide if they want to make their kid a home lunch or have them eat school lunch. Even though I've already given it to them, they still request that I do that. And it, the work never ends. I will say that too. That's a good topic. Um, when my day ends at 4 30 and the kids leave, that is not when my day ends. This week alone, I was there till 7 o'clock at night just getting things ready because we don't have a solid planning period anymore. I'm either covering other classrooms because teachers are out, or I'm having pointless meetings that could have been written in an email um, IEP meetings. Cause when you have a SPED students, you have annual IEP meetings to just discuss like what needs to be done for their actions, um, what the parents want to see for their kid, et cetera. So that's a big thing. Um, in my contract, I'm supposed to have a off duty lunch. I couldn't tell you the last time I had one of those, or I haven't even had one of those this year, but every paycheck Every day, I get docked one hour for my lunch. Oh.
0: Huh.
1: But so I don't ever get that lunch.
0: To, so even though you're supposed to have an off-duty lunch, like, you don't – wow. Oh. Nope. Huh.
1: I do not get it. Um, But the specials teachers, the ones that teach art, music, PE, they have two-hour planning periods every single day and one-hour lunch.
0: That just doesn't seem fair, honestly.
1: No, and when you ask them to cover a class, they have such a meltdown about it that mm. it blows my mind.
0: Hmm, hmm, i tell you. Well, I mean, so one thing I've learned through through, you know, talking to folks all over the place is, like, not really aware of other people's problems until you ask right so until you well you have to ask and listen like it's not enough to ask you have to then listen to what they're saying you know
1: (laughs) and the shocking Uh thing is as i mean they're in the building with us every single day like this week i was the only fourth grade teacher that was in school because Two of them were sick. One of them had personal things going on, but I have been the only fourth grade teacher and I've had to like step up and make copies for those other fourth grade teachers with my own copy paper that I purchased with my paycheck. Um, and pe- like other special teachers and like the office staff and admin, they see this, but nothing has ever done about it. Or hey, like, let me cover your class during lunch so that you can just have a breather. Because another thing that happens right now in education, because we are so short-staffed, um, let's say the PE teacher is not there at school. Well, guess who has to keep those kids during their special time? The teacher. So there are, there are more days than not I'm with my kids from – 8:45 in the morning until 4:30 in the afternoon, all day long. Not a single break. Not a single restroom break. Nothing.
0: I bet you there's a lot of my that can't even imagine being an adult, not going to the bathroom when
1: you want. I tell my husband that all the time. I'm like, at least you can use the restroom when you need to.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah it never ends but I honestly will say despite all of the awful things that are going on right now and just the stress of it I absolutely love my job um I love my kids I love my students I it's really hard and I don't recommend it to people that aren't quick on their feet or quick to changes or can really like you know pick your battles because you that's every day you have to pick your battles but it it is rewarding when you see your kids from the first day of school and how much growth they have made like my students now i didn't realize how big of a deal it was for them that i stand at my door and i greet them every morning and i'm honestly one of the few teachers that do it in my hallway but i do and then i hug them if they want to hug some hug me but most of them hug me every morning and I have one student one day that would not walk in the room because I wasn't there to give him a hug I was working at my desk prepping materials for small groups but I was not at the door and he said I can't come in till I get my hug so either you come and give me a hug or I'm in the hallway all day and that was the moment I realized like wow these little things really do affect them and leave a mark on them when you think that Most of the times they think you're annoying, but those little things are what makes it so rewarding.
0: Most of the teachers I've spoken with thus far actually enjoy the actual act of teaching. It's only everything else around it that they might or might not have a problem with, but they're pretty much unanimous with the fact that the actual act of teaching children or students uh, things about the world is actually very much something they like to to do i wanted to talk for a second about what's happening on march the 4th 2022 i'm gonna actually release a podcast on this uh very soon um actually so last night local time to me not local time to Ukraine. Um, Russian forces attacked a nuclear power plant. It looks as though, though there are some very valiant efforts from the Ukrainian people, um, Russia's brute force eventually is going to uh win over or i guess conquer ukraine um i hope that's not true i i hope they're able to sustain uh, the fight and to beat the russians back um but i i don't know the the realist in me wonders um how how much longer this can keep up but if you're in Ukraine uh, listening to this, and I, I have had uh, listeners uh, in Ukraine, and even though I don't necessarily believe the raw numbers from my podcast, I do notice that I get uh, quite a bit more uh, TOR, that's T-O-R, uh, listeners than I used to have Um. So, I just wanted to say, in case any of you guys are are fighting and keeping up uh, the fight against uh, the Russians, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm on your side. Keep it up. Um. Anyway, I'm also I'm also going to release a podcast. Um very soon um I was actually going to uh you know cut some things out, but I think being that this is going on um I think it's almost um kind of a cinema verte look what's what happened um technically last weekend. Okay, everybody, uh, this has been Ben Kitchings of the History of Voyager. And despite everything going on in the world, I'm having a good day. And I really hope you are, too. And if you're hearing my voice and, you know, you're not, you look out your window and you don't see, uh, a superpower being, uh, Fought off by your neighbors, or if you're not doing that, you know, and if if you've got all your family and all your loved ones are healthy from this disease, and you've got a roof over your head and food on the table, by the measure of 2020, 2021, and 2022, you're having a pretty good day, too. All right, so. um, I'm going to sign off this episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.